I'm not going to like throw out any specific companies, um, mainly because they don't pay us. <laughs> Welcome everyone to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Being slouches. Today, we're gonna help all of you uh, triathletes pick out the right tri bike. And a few you time trialists. And a few time trialists. Throwing some time trialists specific yeah. stuff. We're gonna keep it a little bit more geared to triathlon. Um, I think on a, in a like. Time trial sense, there's a lot of, some of what we're going to say doesn't necessarily carry over because you may want a much more aggressive setup. Mm-hmm. Um, 112 but miles, a lot different 112 than, say, mile three is mile. a little different than a, yeah, three, even 40K mm-hmm. is a little different, you know, mm-hmm. holding a position for under an hour versus uh, whatever, four to... Four, four plus, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, we'll get to that first. I am Coach Dale Sanford. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last 12 years through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. Phone. Yeah. Go away. I'll say, uh, before we get going, good luck. Can we get a good luck? Give us a good luck. Good luck to all those folks uh, heading to Unbound. Yeah, we got a good little group going. Yeah, this weekend. It's going to be uh, a mix of 100 and 200 milers. Yep. None doing the the Ultra. The Ultra one. What's the... The XL? The XL. Is that one 360 or something? It's like 50. Yeah. Woo. Something like that. It's a long day. A lot of, a lot of mileage there. It's a lot. Uh, weather looks like it's going to be like a couple years ago. Hot. Um... But, hey, it's not going to rain, maybe. Hey, fortunately, there's no trees. Yeah. So that's good. Fortunately, there's almost zero shade. There's zero shade, yep. (laughs) Very little shade, so you're good to go there. Yep, yep. Take your sunscreen. Yep. So, good luck, everybody. Shame time is hammer time. Yeah. Race starts at mile 140. Yeah, right? (laughs) Get to that start line. Pacing and nutrition. Get to that start line at mile 140. Yes, pacing and nutrition. Key for long events. All right, so um, man, like right now, it seems that we I I get tons and tons of questions about what bike should I buy? What do I need to look for in a, in a triathlon bike? Um, you know, it, it's it's compounded by the difficulty of finding bikes right now. So then, it, yeah. you know, that alone limits us. So um, we'll kind of go through we'll go through some things that. Um, more of like some considerations to think about before you pull the trigger on a bike. Um, my must haves in a, in a time trial or triathlon bike. Paint schemes, the big one, right? Paint. 
good. Pain is yep. absolutely I key. Mean, if you don't look good, you're not going to ride good. Yeah. And then some other considerations uh, on some like accessory type things. And this is coming yeah. from you fitting, especially recently. I mean, you've been fitting a ton of people on yeah, we're, tri bikes. We're you're doing, doing five five fits a week or more. Yeah, we're doing a lot of a lot of fitting, um, and it's it's probably half and half. Yeah. Uh, triathlon bikes, road gravel, all that stuff. Um, but the trend that I am seeing in triathlon bikes is that people are are constantly coming in with a bike that doesn't necessarily fit them or the bike is not necessarily adjustable enough to hit a range yep. that is going to put them in a comfortable position. And given most people these days are doing long course, it's a lot less aggressive of a position because you're holding it for hours. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's like we said at the start here, there's a big difference between four plus hours right. and you know, 50 minutes. And so when these bike companies are making these these frames and the geometries based off of like uh time trials for like grand tour elite like, level people people pushing 30 plus miles an hour. Right. The, Where the geometry yeah is key. Aggressive is key. The geometries aren't meshing exactly. we'll just put it that way with the setup. You're yeah, you're more age group Ironman athlete versus your elite professional yeah. even in you know even in um iron man like there's a big difference in position between right. your elites and your your age group folks right yeah so um you know let's kind of we'll go into we'll go into like narrowing down the models right yep um i'm not gonna like throw out any specific companies um mainly because they don't pay us <laughs> they ain't getting paid. <laughs> so I mean, we can't even get a sock sponsor. I know it's terrible. So, um, <laughs> Nor have we tried, but, but when you're narrowing down models, like right now, the big thing is like what's available. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that's going to narrow down your list a lot. Just see what you can even get. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're listening in the future, we're dealing with the, yeah, uh, the bike sellout. It is uh, June second, two thousand twenty-one. Yeah. Uh, Post pandemic uh, bike shortage yep. uh, is very hard to get any bike right now. Yep. Um, so see what's available, and and then say, hey, how desperate am I for a new bike? Exactly. Um, and that will that will narrow your list down pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the other big thing, obviously, is price range. So you know, a time trial or a, a triathlon bike. Um, now keep in mind, there are certain bike companies that are making triathlon specific bikes that don't pay attention to any of the UCI rules. That's a big key. Yeah. Like they don't like, so there's a, there, there are a few bikes that are built more for triathlon, but I still find that the geometry is more aggressive than an average age grouper can usually handle. Yeah. Um, anyway, so price range really dials it down too, because mm -hmm. On a tri bike, you're talking anywhere from maybe twenty five hundred bucks to like twelve thousand five hundred bucks on a on a a rig. Yep. So <clears throat> that's a big difference. A the the yep. price range will probably narrow narrow your bikes down pretty heavily. And in general, correct me if I'm wrong here, but in general, 
your lower price bikes are going to end up being more adjustable than those upper end bikes. Yeah, that's definitely something that that I tell people all the time is is the really expensive integrated uh, I would consider over-engineered like super aero super bikes. Apologies to all the engineers listening. Sorry, There's but, no such sorry. thing as over-engineered. Yeah, sorry engineers. <laughs> um but they are they're very complicated to work on. They're mm-hmm. and they the all the integrated parts uh, in the front end generally limits adjustability. And that's the, ca- the key and that's factor there. The key, that's one of the big things that you're running into. Your position on the bike is going to be more important than the aerodynamics of the bike. Yes. From a speed standpoint. Yes, absolutely. You make up much more of this frontal surface area than what your bike does. Right. And there are, and not to go on a tangent here, but there are a lot of cases where I brought people's front end up and they get faster. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it opened their hips up and their legs are actually working and they can better. They can breathe. Can and also with their, with their shoulders more relaxed, their head and chest actually drops into that space between your shoulders and your, the, your elbows. And it closes that hole a little bit more. And that is more arrow than having the front end so low, you're reaching for it with your elbows. And now you just have this big gaping hole, like, cause you're trying to keep your head up and It's just, you know, anyways, that was a good tangent. Uh, (laughs) So uh, my second big thing is, do you work on your own bike? Uh, Because if you do, or if you don't, your options are wide open. Yep, exactly. You're, you know, if you take it to the shop. Yeah, if you're taking the shop, let them deal with it. Yeah. All good. Um, If you do work on your own bike, it comes down to, well, how mechanically inclined are you now? And how annoyed do you get when you have to dismantle most of the front end of the bike to adjust a brake? <laughs> like, or, you know, something like that. Like, no. um, personally, that's why I rode, I rode a super bike. I won't say which one. I had several versions of it for years. And I oh, finally... I you just say which one. Huh? I say you just put it out there. <laughs> Tell the people what they need to know. I had it. No, I won't. Uh... <laughs> But now I have another uh, t- uh, time trial bike that is basic, uses standard stems, uh, has uh, fork-mounted, top-mounted, fork-mounted brakes. Um, it's just simple to work on. Mm-hmm. I, can ch- I can adjust it. I can change things really quickly. If something needs adjusting because I'm changing wheels out, that's what I was finding with the integrated brakes. You change your change your training wheels to race wheels and now you have to make an adjustment to the brakes either width or or uh pad position and it just turns into a whole job like it's a i don't know it got really annoying to me and i'm fairly mechanically inclined when it comes to bikes yep um so because i still deal with that same problem. So right. It's a question of how are you wanting to invest that time and to you get have those the same bike that I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you wanting to are you wanting to or willing to deal with that time in order to save those seconds? You know, and yeah. if it's coming down to a win and loss is a few seconds, then yeah, it's probably you know, it might be worth it to you. And if it's if it's, you know, a matter of ten seconds and you're not on the podium, then it may not you know, be as big of a factor. Yeah. And I'll put this out there because it's worth noting that a lot of these super bikes, they're heavy. 
Mm -hmm. They're really heavy because there's a lot of extra hardware in them to, you know, and a lot of extra tubing Mm -hmm. and little fairings and frame pieces and stuff like that. They're not super light. Mm -hmm. Their arrow is all get out. Don't get me wrong, but they are, uh, is there a place that shows all the different weights? Mm. At least I've not seen them. I think, I don't think the it's geometry totally side yeah. tangent here, but yeah. Hey, if anyone listening has a site where they, where they have the weights of all these, I'd be curious to see. Yeah. Just frame weight. Yeah. Well that I would say frame for like all the yeah. front end typical stuff is minus yeah, wheels. Non-wheel and, set, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, if you work on your own bike, you know, it just depends on how mechanically inclined you are and how, much time you're willing to spend working on your own bike. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the third thing, because it is so popular now, and people, I don't necessarily th- think people put a lot of thought into it before they do this, which is getting disc brakes or rim brakes. And um, personally, I, I think, like, let's just go through the, the pros and cons here of disc brakes. Pro, disc brakes. Lots of stopping power Yep. in all conditions. Superior stopping power to rim brakes all day long, every day. No questions. Wet courses? Great. You got brakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, maintenance. Rim brake wins. <laughs> rim brake wins that one, definitely. Because <laughs> yeah. if you get the slightest bit of, of oil, grease, cleaner on the disc or the pad... They will start screaming. Or if you have your wheel off and you grab the brake. Your wheel's off, grab the brake, put air in the lines. You got to have the lines bled. Cost of repair. Rim brake wins. Rim brake wins again. <laughs> uh, I mean. Weight. Rim brake wins weight game. Rim, rim brake uh, wins that one. Ease of repair. Rim brake wins. I had an athlete that went to St. George and in the in the transport process both hydraulic cables got cut and uh was it sabotage i don't i don't know I don't we think, think so. it was sabotage but it it bled you know it bled the oil all over the the pads and the discs and the calipers and so you're this is the day before a goal race or mm-hmm. two days or whatever and now you're having to track down parts and all the stuff, whereas like on a rim brake, replace the cable. Yeah, everyone's got cables. Or, a or you pa- may not even have the issue at all. Or a pad. Yeah. I mean, I got 18 sets of pads laying around yep. that I, you know, have collected over the years because I always put on nicer brake pads. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the big one, one of the big ones that people don't think about when it comes to disc versus rim brake is the ease of a wheel change. So if you're out there and you get a flat, like it's going to take you much longer to get the wheel off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to carry an extra tool if you don't have the, like if your skewers are not already, already have like the whatever screwy thing on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to carry a, a tool to get those off. Yep. Um, it's, just, it's just a little bit more work to, to change a flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in a, I mean, if you're on a road disc, you might as well just forget about it. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a road race, 
Just forget about it. Oh, exactly. You're yeah, not in a road race. Now they're just giving unless you bikes. you've got yeah, exactly. Unless you got a team car with a bike, yeah, that they can just give you a new one. They stopped doing wheel changes when disc brakes came out. Yep. They just carry extra bikes. This brand new bike. Yep. So that's something. Um, you know. Oh, one more thing to consider on on disc versus rim. What are all of your other wheels? Yeah, I was gonna say that. What are what is everything else you have? Yeah, if you have to replace everything. Yeah. You know, if you're if you've got the rim rim brake set up on all your other wheel sets, if you have a rim brake set up for your race wheels, your disc, your mm-hmm. everything else, and now you're going to go to disc brakes, you can't just swap those. Yeah, you're going to need oh little pain train. Pain train coming. I don't I don't think they're going to hear it. it. Didn't buzz them. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to replace all that stuff. Yeah. You can't. You got to get new. Like it, you know, you can't just switch like a hub that easily. Yeah. So. If you're doing this on a budget, you're not. Yeah, yeah. If you're trying, you're not to, looking at that. If you're, if you're trying on a budget, you yeah. should probably. You're probably looking at look one at wheel set, and then you're gonna do uh, one of the disc covers in the back. Good to go. Yeah, disc cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or the wheel cover. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are the those are like the the big three kind of like considerations mm-hmm. that will really help narrow down what models you're looking at mm-hmm. um that's a lot more than three considerations but three categories of considerations yeah personally uh, for me on a triathlon tt time, uh, time trial specific bike i'm going rim yeah me too and like personally i don't want the braking power <laughs> like <laughs> i ain't trying to stop <laughs> I, I, well i don't i don't want the braking power um yeah, I mean, mainly because, like, I think about dismounting, right? You, you're dismounting the bike, and it's it's already, you already have all your fr- weight on the front of the bike. What, like, you grab a little bit too much of that disc brake, and that back end is coming up. Yeah. Or, you know, you're going into a turn, and you're trying to rail this turn, and I like to feather feather the brakes into the turn, let go of the brakes. That's and, why we call you Birdman. Yeah, this, that's... Yeah, that's <laughs> all feathers. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a rim breaker yeah. on a TT bike. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love I love my disc brakes on my gravel bike and yeah. and on the road even. Um, but TT, I'm going rim still. Last one. Electronic versus mechanical. On that the could, shifting. That could be a um, that's a consideration as well. But always. Always go electric. If you can afford it, it's you'll never go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually just having a conversation this, you know, relating a little more to, to uh time trialing, but like the start, standing, getting up to speed, just your ability yeah. to shift right without having to sit down and shift go from to the, yeah. go to center, you know, go back to your wings. Just the ability to do that yeah. has been so worth it. And if you're someone who wants to train a lot on your bike. You know, it's going to be safer to be able to shift from those yep. wings um, as well. You yeah. Know, when you're out riding, you know, through town, maybe not arrow, because um, you have access to your shifters and yep. your brakes in the same spot. So just the from ability, a safety standpoint. So if you're trying to sell it to your significant other, yeah, safety, safety, safety first for safety sure. Always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ability to shift from those bullhorns is mm-hmm. is really nice. Um, you know, less technically, you know 
could be less wires, could be less whatever. Yeah, you know, a if more you're arrow. Thinking yeah. aerodynamics and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, a m- much more arrow benefit than disc brakes, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, electric drivetrain. Now, getting to like the must-haves, you've kind of narrowed it down a bit. Um, these must-haves are going to probably narrow it down a lot more mm-hmm. um, because I have seen bikes that have them and bikes that don't have these things or have very limited amounts of these things. Um, <clears throat> and so I would personally never buy a time trial bike without having all of these. So one of the first of which is a lot of fore and aft movement on the pads. We're focusing on the pads, right? Cause that's where your body makes contact with the bike. It is a very different spot of contact keep keep that in consideration it's not our hands anymore mm-hmm. that are making contact with the bike like making the most contact it is our is basically our elbow or forearm area so those pads are the most important where their position is is the most important thing so lots of forward aft movement like in the in the pad so that means closer to the wheel or closer to the saddle um a lot of movement there because you need to be able to feel out different shoulder angles and that's like one of the major especially if you get like a integrated bike where the stem is the stem like the length it's like even some of the really nice integrated ones you may only get one or three tops uh choices on the length of a stem and if you're like me and you're much more torso than you are uh inseam um a lot of times everything ends up being too short it's it's way too short, and if you can't lengthen that out, you're never you're never going to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to have a, a lot of movement in the in the pads, especially if the if it's going to be a integrated stem where it's going to be very hard to change the the length of the bike by the stem. Yep. So lots of fore and aft movement. Second, al- almost more important is lots of. St- spacers to stack under the pads if you've paid any attention to like pro peloton pro triathlon um what you're going to notice more is massive stack massive under the pads and keeping the bullhorns level with the top tube so a little bit more arrow there but you get the comfort because your arms are now in the right place where you can relax your shoulders and and all that good stuff so well, what I'm running into a lot is that it's either that it's either the bike does not come with a spacer kit mm-hmm. or the shop forgot to give it to somebody. Um, but I would never, ever, ever buy a time trial bike or a triathlon bike that didn't come with a spacer kit mm-hmm. or at very least somebody doesn't make an aftermarket kit that you can find before you buy the bike yep. uh, for that bike. Um, so if someone's brand new, would you recommend they get a bike where you can actually change the stem as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, cause that gives you even more variability and yes. how far out, how far up, how far down. How I don't want to like, are. I don't want to necessarily sway. If you really want one of the nice super bikes, that's yeah. all integrated in the arrow, like great. As long as it's got these things, mm-hmm. you should be okay yeah. as long as you get the right size. 
Yeah. Which we'll kind of get into. But And it goes back to that <laughs> statement I made a little bit ago. Like your position on the bike is going to be more important than having a super bike versus yes, a hundred percent. I mean, uh I have gone away from the fancy integrated superbike to a bike that's more st- regular stem based. Yeah. Um, so I can completely change the front end up if I want. Mm-hmm. I can I can lengthen it, shorten it, raise it, lower it by the stem and by the pad movement. And the spacers. And the spacers. So yeah. I can go up and down on the pad stack. I can go up and down the stem. I can go out on the stem. I can go in on the stem for in and out on the pads like there is superior adjustability in the front end yeah. of a bike that is is based on regular stems yeah so i have gone that route um but if you have all of these things uh so four and a half movement lots okay. of lots yeah. of pad stack and then the last one which surprises the hell out of me every time i see a bike that doesn't have it is ability to tilt like if there's no like tilt in the pads or the bars or whatever, um, that is a that is a missing. It's a big hole there in your comfort mm-hmm. um, because I have found that as you tilt the bars and there's a diminishing returns here, but as you tilt the bars, your shoulders relax a whole lot more. Your your lats disengage. Um, you know. It, it allows people to breathe better like mm-hmm. and you're closing that hole down in front of your body you know yeah you're bringing standpoint. the hand you're bringing your hands higher in front of your face and yeah you're closing that space mm-hmm. um so if there's no tilt uh, it it a lot of times it just causes your it, it causes shoulders shoulders to never be able to relax unless you can get the uh pad height perfect like mm-hmm. you can almost get away with a bike being more almost too aggressive if you can tilt them because it helps relax the shoulders so yeah. much. Now that's not to say it won't affect their ability to create power, but it's gonna, you know, it's gonna allow them to be more comfortable. Yeah. Um, and realistically, it's the name of the game when you're doing triathlon, especially long course. So, um, so four and a half pad stack and tilt. Um, and the third bonus, the bonus one is, or fourth bonus one, is your ability to change out the the bar extensions. Mm. <clears throat> and so, like, some of them, most of most of them can be, but if if you're on a more integrated bike, you probably get one option as far as like extension shape. Yep. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, if you want to go. If you want tilt and you want your hands higher in front of your face, you got to be able to change out those extensions unless they come with, you know, a, a pretty, pretty severe degree bend extension. Mm-hmm. You call them J bends or whatever you want to call them. Um, okay. So you've got your model now after all that work. Yep. You've picked out the model. The, the next, the huge key is to get the right size. like you cannot physically like especially if you're going integrated and super bike you it's so hard to lengthen and shorten those bikes Mm -hmm. when you get on the wrong size you're destined to like struggle with comfort yeah 
So if you listen to all of Dale's must-haves that you just stated, you've got more tolerance. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect necessarily, and, and hopefully your body fits it, well, <laughs> those yeah. size jumps well, that a manufacturer does. You're you have to con- you always have to consider that your uh, these bike manufacturers are trying to fit one million infinity blah 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 type of bodies into yeah. f- most of the time time trial five, bikes six, four, sizes, four sizes you know yeah. four or five sizes um you know and so that's what surprises me about the limitation on adjustability yeah when there's only four sizes five four or five sizes like you should these things should be as adjustable as possible mm-hmm. if you like I don't know. Yeah, being able to put the body <laughs> different places yeah. in space, both, right? Both back end and, and not, front end. And the you thing is, is not everybody is like most people are a, one size if you measure them from the inseam, or just take their height, and then a whole different size if you measure them basically from the waist up. Um, and so, kind of one thing I would say is, if you go in and a shop doesn't measure you don't buy from that shop if they don't offer to like take measurements on your body Mm -hmm. skip it because uh there's a fair chance that you're going to get the wrong size uh if if they're just trying to sell you something that's on the floor um at least make sure that it's the right size before you buy it um because the size getting the right size is going to be the limiter on your comfort yep so make sure you get measured. Um, and then just like some, like some people will ask me, like, can you like, here's what size I am on a road bike. Can you tell me what I need on a time trial bike? And usually the answer is no, because it's a different contact point like for the bike. So the length of the bike, uh, the reach, so to speak of the bike is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Whereas you might be a, whatever, a 54 on a road bike, but that road bike had a, you know, like a 120 or 130 stem, but you're, 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 you're you're considering reach as to the reach of your hands. Well, your reach is now only to your forearm Mm -hmm. and your elbow now. And so your reach is, is really limited to torso length and you know, a little bit of shoulder angle. Mm-hmm. So just taking a guess off of, of that without taking some measurements is it's rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. So just, ha- you know, have them take some measurements off of you and cross-reference the geometry. Um, and there's a couple of, of pretty good, um, uh, like reference, uh, sites out there. Geometry geeks is one, and then Velogic Fit is another one where you can actually compare. <clears throat> you can kind of take measurements. Um, I think that one's a paid service, but you can um, you can compare geometries of different frames and get an actual like reach measurement to the pad. Um, and that way you can kind of you know, especially if you have a, a time trial bike already, you can take a reach measurement to your pad and kind of mm-hmm. get that. Uh, and see if it's even close, yep. if you can get in that range. Um, but it's just really hard. It's just really hard to pick that size out of a road bike 
like sizing fit yeah and, and a lot of times too it's like well i ride a 54 road bike but these sizes are like small medium large or medium large and large and yeah. then large extra large and uh you know and the top tubes even the top tube length is not really totally relevant because it's not that's not determining where the pads are mm-hmm. uh, you know it could it'll get you maybe close but there's still a huge range of variance in the stem length, the pad position, all that stuff Across when it, the different when it models, comes to yeah. the actual reach of the pads. Yeah. So do some, you, you know, work with the shop to, to get an idea of what kind of stack and reach you would need mm-hmm. kind of before purchasing. Yes. <clears throat> um, it was kind of tough right now. Like, for a while, you could actually go into a shop and they'd have the different models yeah. available. So you could actually get on the bike yeah. and get a feel for it. But you know, right now, it's very limited across the board uh, as far as I know. Um, your ability to go in and actually sit on the bike ahead of time. Yeah. I, I like. Well, part of it's just the, the availability of bikes is exactly, low, but... Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's, I think that's a lot funny. of a lot of shops just don't carry mm-hmm. a high like as many volume of tri bikes yeah. because they're expensive, you know. Um, but one of the things, uh, like for the average average age grouper, um, I would say. So is this average <laughs> for the average for the average person finishing with an average time? No, I'm just saying the average person in triathlon. Okay. Uh, you would you would probably be better off sizing based on your torso length than your standover or your overall height. Um, because if you are uh, if you are super tall, um, but you have a short torso, you could end up being put on a bike that's uh, way too long for you. Way too big. Yeah. Um, but if you're, and if you're like short, like myself and you have really long torso, you can almost always end up on a bike that is too short for you. Mm-hmm. And with it, with like, again, with integrated parts, you're very limited on the length range that you, the reach range that you can obtain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have had a number of people and I won't say the company, but use their sizing recommendation calculator or whatever based on their own measurements Mm -hmm. and uh, come out with a bike that's way too small. So do your own, do some of your own homework on the sizing. But um, if you need, it's worth getting like professional help prior to purchase if you're worried about something fitting or not and you're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on it right correct but i've i've found more now like in a case where even if you do go on a bigger size for the average person that's okay because it's going to make the front end less aggressive Mm -hmm. and if you have if you're still within the range of your torso then you're going to be fine comfort wise yeah you're not it's not going to be a limitation of uh getting it low enough Mm-hmm. usually it's a problem of getting it high enough um and then occasionally 
you can run into like if you do go based on torso length if you are very long torso you can end up possibly not being able to get the seat low enough Mm -hmm. but i think that's a lot more rare than people ending up on bikes that are too long or too short for them Mm -hmm. um so that's my opinion somebody might argue with me on that but i don't care (laughs) (laughs) uh so um so that's kind of like the big things on like picking the right you know picking the right size and like if you're local we can help you pick the right size yeah we have we have a service that basically take measurements off your body and we do the the investigating as far as sizing goes um but some of the other things that are are pretty important to your overall setup um like accessories and whatnot like your saddle um in my opinion most people who are going to be on a triathlon bike should probably just go ahead and get a split nose saddle call it a day and get it uh get it right away just so that you can work work it into the initial fitting Mm -hmm. initial position um like just based on the type of positioning on a triathlon bike you are not going to be on your sit bones like at all really Mm -hmm. you're going to be on your pubic bones and so having a normal road saddle or something like that on there is not going to offer the support that you need to maintain that tilted position for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. So I would say get, make sure you get a split nose. You're, in the long run, you're going to be happier uh, and just get it right away. Um, hydration. It could be something that you're like really like sways your like the type of bike you have because several of the new of the new like tri bikes tri specific bikes have like built-in hydration Mm -hmm. and stuff like that yep um but if you're going to use like a hydration system i would wait until wait to buy that until you have your position dialed in because the position of your bars like the width of them where they are in space all that good stuff will will affect what hydration systems will fit mm-hmm. um, your frame size yeah frame size like a lot of small frames only have one bite one bottle cage yep. and so now you have to figure out yep. how to carry more fluids you know just than just the one bottle on your bike mm-hmm. shout out to the zaffel magnums zaffel i don't know how to say it zaffel it's french it's zaffel <laughs> zaffel yeah the magnums uh i don't we've probably sold them thousands of bottles at this point (laughs) uh just memphis heat there's a lot of people rolling around with those zephyr bottles oh yeah so they're one liter bottles Mm -hmm. that fit in a regular bottle cage which is awesome yeah so actually i see one right over there there is one over there um so wait till your fit is is done and locked in before you figure out your hydration system yeah, I've made that mistake in the past, mm. uh, and then you just blow money on a, a a front bottle or something like that that, that won't actually fit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, wheels. So just real quick on wheels. Um, most people are like, "What you know?" I, we get asked what kind of wheels to get all the time. Look, if you're really if you're very serious about triathlon, a disc wheel is always going to reign supreme 
obviously if you make it to Kona, you can't use it. Um, but if you're looking for a set, uh, the 60, 80 combo is usually the, yeah. the 60 universal front, 80 rear. Yeah. yeah. The universal set. Yeah. Um, so you got 60 mil depth in the front, 80 mil in the rear. That's a, that's a great universal set. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my, um, big thing with wheels. And I think you're on the same page here is hubs. Like make sure you get nice hubs. Mm-hmm. Don't buy wheels because of the price unless they have nice hubs and you know, they have nice hubs. Um, because you can have, they can be light, they can be arrow, but if they have crappy hubs, the rolling resistance or the resistance in that bearing is going to negate all of that special arrow benefit and weight benefit. Yeah. Wheels are one of those things that you, you can swap from bike to bike. So it's not like, you know, after a year or two, you want to upgrade your frame, go with the new latest and greatest. Typically, as far as, as uh, wheel technology is concerned, you can go multiple years in general, you know, buying one good quality set and, and then moving that to other bike frames as you go. So invest in something quality initially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last but not least is just make sure if you're going to spend, if you're going to spend like thousands of bucks on a rocket ship bike, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get the thing fit by a professional that you know and you trust and knows what they're doing. Um, because the, you know, if, if somebody's just going to look at you and just be like, yeah, it looks good. Or like, or if it's like, yeah, this is where your last bike was. So we'll just yeah, take that. Take and you've never been fit on that previous bike. Yeah. Or taking a measurements from your road bike and trying to throw them onto a time trial bike. Mm-hmm. Like get, just spend the, you know, a couple hundred bucks, get the thing fit, you know, and like you will be so much happier on the bike. Otherwise it turns into like, this is what happens. You either, you stop riding the bike as much because it's not comfortable. Uh, and then you don't spend enough time on it leading into a race and then you try to race it. Mm-hmm. And then it is com- uncomfortable for the entire race. Because and you haven't ridden it. Because you haven't ridden it. And because it's not fit, right? Correct. So if you're going to put the money, just budget another 300, 200, 300 bucks for a fit. And you're going to be so much happier that you did that. Yep. 100%. All right. That's all I got. I think we nailed it, man. I think... Uh, Kilt it. I think that covers it all. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out, listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Adios.